Do you ever do laser therapy? They ever do that for you? Laser therapy? What is that? Is that? I know I had the the shock where you like put the the, the bandages on and they kind of what's it called the stem shock, but I don't know if I had laser. Yes. No, so laser is uh, and like a lot of places don't do it because you got to be like a special certification, but um, it's like a really high powered like radioactive laser. Not in the bad way. A lot of people hear that and think it's super bad, but uh, oh yeah, it draw yeah no, it draws a bunch of blood flow to that area and a blunt like creates an immune response. So it start it basically speeds up the healing process. Oh, a lot wow. of people I didn't get that. I didn't get that at all. I got that high tech stuff, man. I got this shit. No, it's crazy. So, you know, for Auburn being such a small place, this uh, chiropractic facility I'm working at, it's ranked like, it's like top 50 in the Southeast. It's pretty nice. Sheesh. Right? Pretty cool. So it's, it's been a nice gig. I'm just, I got to get, I was, man, I was type of dude, stay up late, wake up at like 10 or 11, and now I'm waking up at six. So I'm like, man, is it worth it? But we here. <laughs> My man clocked out, got back to the crib. I don't even know if you got to eat dinner yet. And then I hopped on the thing. That's what's I up. Grabbed, I grabbed some Wendy's. Grab some Wendy's. See, I was about to, you're lucky. I was about to down on a bowl of taco soup, but I was like, you know what? I wait <laughs> to finish this up. That's funny. But uh no, so today we got a special guest, a good friend, a dude I consider a brother of mine, Mr. Will Stevenson. Will, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you taking some time and joining me today. No, oh, man, I've been trying to get on here for a minute. You know that. Dude, this is let me go ahead and lay this out for the people. Nobody has been put on hold, rescheduled, postponed, more in no hat history than this man right here. So I'm glad we finally got to get on here and knock it out. True. But, uh, I mean, so you got you got a lot going on, bro. Like you said, you got the job you just started this week, but I'd be ashamed if we didn't talk about the hoop, something else that I feel like some people who are listening to this might already know, but some might not. My man has actually been training hoops for a little while now and if someone would have told me back five, six years ago of all the people that I, you know, I rock with heavily, yeah. that's something that you would be doing. I would not have been surprised in the slightest bit. So it makes perfect sense. But talk to me. When did you when did that start? I mean, bro, you got Well, I mean, we got to throw it back because you and me used to get that work in the Y, bro. Yes, man. It wasn't, it wasn't like training. Like I, I'm really methodical now, but like we get after it. We were running some nice drills. We were we were grinding out there. This is like man, it started what eighth, ninth grade. So yeah, we yeah. we we know all about the grind for sure, man. Oh, yeah, but um, so it was crazy. It's actually it's a pretty cool story. So you know, COVID came around. What it I, it's hard to even keep track. Like year and a half ago, two years, mm-hmm. something like that, and um. I was coming, it came around in the spring and like school ended and, you know, everybody's likes to get a nice summer job. Usually have a little extra cash, go out, do whatever you want to do. And uh, a lot of places like weren't hiring because the job market came really bad with COVID because they didn't want to bring any new, buy, any uh, new people in. And half the, you know, like half the businesses were closed temporarily or shut down. You know, it really wasn't good. Yeah. I was like, man, how can I get some money? That's not just like a terrible job, right? Like I got, I got to the point where I was like, I just need a job, bro. I'm broke. And uh, so I was looking like the job I was looking at was a maintenance man. And I'm a, I'm gonna be real with you. I'm like, I ain't the maintenance man type. (laughs) I'd probably break everything, but they like, it was like $9 an hour. I was like, man, I really don't want to do that. I'm not that guy, pal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not at all. So uh, I realized uh, I was like, well, for the, I mean, most people won't know this. Uh, I, I volunteer as a youth basketball coach down here. So like the last, since my sophomore year at Auburn, 
so it's like three years now I had been a basketball coach and uh, I'd met a bunch of kids anywhere from sixth to eighth to ninth grade right now. And I was like, I know, I know a lot of kids in this area. And I was like, and uh, I know a lot of like, I, I know about the grind in basketball. I wasn't supposed to be good at basketball. I trained really hard. Trust me. I wasn't, I wasn't built for it. But uh, I was like, maybe I can start working, training kids for some money. I was like, I, I got a couple close guys that uh, like uh, families that I coached with the dads and I reached out to them and I was like, Hey, uh, I don't know what you guys got going on this summer, but I, I'm thinking about starting a little basketball training. It'll be super cheap. We do it out at my apartment complex and uh, y'all should come check it out. Really appreciate it. And they're like, like I said, these guys are really cool with me. So I started with about one or two kids. Like uh, I think they were fifth graders at the time. Okay. And um, my big uh, selling point was, you know, I'm not, I'm not running a nice facility. I don't got a gun. I don't got all the crazy gear. I was like, it would be like $15, $20. I work it for an hour and a half. At the, at the worst, they'll be, I'm babysitting them for an hour and a half. You yeah, know what you I mean? Go. Give the parents an hour instead of kill. <laughs> yeah. So it, it just kind of started pretty, uh, pretty small. And that, that summer I didn't, uh, I didn't work with more than three kids, but uh, like it was, it was just enough to get by where it was the cash I needed. And it was great with COVID. I, I was doing something I enjoyed, you know, I was, I was getting outside, I was getting some exercise and I was working, helping kids grow. And then, um, I mean, the more I did it, the more I really got into it, you know, like I really started kind of, I was like, man, I started doing like, I'm not, I'm not say research because research sounds too educational, but like I'm looking, I'm following a bunch of trainers on Instagram and, you know, all the social media resources. You'd be surprised how much you can learn from that. And I, uh, I follow a good bit now, a good bit of dudes who kind of do that thing. Uh, and I, it's out there for sure. Like it's out there to, to find if you're really looking for it. So I could definitely believe that there's some guys to, to look at and help out. To help you know you who out. Chris Brickley is? I do know Brickley. Chris Brickley's the GOAT. So a little side note, he had a couple of internships he was like, he opened up applications for, and I probably sent like 50,000 in. I was like, <laughs> I was like, pick me, bro. Pick me, bro. But uh, yeah, he didn't pick me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but um, so I guess start slow. It was cool. And then uh, next year came around. Everything was still pretty close with COVID. I decided to keep it up while I was in school because everything was online. So yeah. it was pretty easy just to make it work. And slowly but surely, I was picking up, like, a kid would be like, hey, uh, Baylor's got a friend who's really interested in this. He has a lot of fun. And then I was like, tell him, come on. And I could do, like, one session with three or four kids and make all that money in one time. Super nice. But uh, I did coaching that next year for my, or that volunteering. Yeah. And um, to anybody who's ever coached youth sports or tried to, it is frustrating, especially when you've played at a high level. I'm watching kids like I got. First of all, the, the conflict is I got to play everybody the same amount of minutes. Yep. Live ball stuff. And uh, I got kids in this league who are hitting like step back fades in fifth <laughs> and three. And then I got kids on my team who are not even dribbling the basketball when they get it. Like they get it and they're just running with it. And I'm like, bro, I'm like, you really got to dribble it. And he's like, well, how many times? I'm like, I can't believe you're even asking me that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's the one thing I've always, and I was going to ask you about it too. Like I've always thought about with the uh, training and coaching in general is I've thought to myself like, yeah, it'd be real cool. I love the game. I love basketball. But like, what's the lowest I could go? <laughs> 
where do I have to start, man? Because it's like, like, like hi, I mean, high school kids, they you, they know what they're doing. For, they know how to play basketball. Yeah, they're, they're playing ball at that age. Usually that's past the age where, like, like kids in fifth and sixth grade, their parents just want them to not be playing Fortnite. So they get them yep. off the couch, and you got all kinds of kids in here, kids that don't want to be there. And then, like I said, you got those grinders. And you want to know the most disrespectful thing, bro? I got these coaches are, I mean, I'm, I got to play these kids. These kids come in like into the second half. Let's not blow this lead or let's just like damage control. Yeah. And they got their best player on the court. He'll run a pick and uh, like a pick and roll, get the switch, and he'll ISO this kid. He'll I, like he'll just be like, clear out, clear out. And I'm yeah, I'm on the sideline. I'm like, double, triple, don't let Robert, don't let him do Robert dirty. Look, and then hug these kids, and I'm like, dude, this is fifth grade. I'm like, y'all can't be doing that. Look, if it got to a certain point, man, I'd be so hot. I might have to like, I might have to throw on a jersey, run out there, and check them. Like, you're not gonna just do this while I sit here on the sideline and watch you cook, man. So, like, uh, I've coached uh, the oldest I've coached uh, volunteering was seventh grade. Okay. Uh, I've coached. I coached seventh grade two years and sixth grade this last year, and God, going back down was tough. But. uh I had a like my seventh grade team made it to the championship like uh, two years ago, and I had a kid that was as tall as I was. So like I was for once like, hey, okay, so that so I got that bit. You know, there's always that one massive kid in the league yeah. that like walks in, and I'm like, yo, your brother plays. He's like, he puts on his jersey, and I'm like, I'm like, yo, we could do something with this. Yeah, no, so like, we really, we were really nice, but um. Then I discovered the kind of dark side to the sports, man. Uh, you get to the championship, and then you, there's always that one team in the league that the dad who is like runs the league is yep. coaching, and then they've just got a lottery team. So they they had um, Auburn strength and condition. Then when I made it to the championship, the other team had like so I had a kid that was like six feet tall. So I was like, yeah, you know what? We're we're pretty good. I like I'll take our chances. Little did I know, apparently there's something in the water down here. There's, like, two kids that are, like, 5'10 on their team. They got twin towers. I'm like, what is going on down here? I don't remember anything like this when I played white ball, bro. We were running. Where y'all finding these kids at, man? Yeah, dude, I swear. I don't know. They got Giannis out there just running (laughs) over my little kids. But, uh, I mean, youth sports is something else, man. It's It's a good experience. It's really rewarding. Like the the kids are always so fun, so nice. The family's really nice, but like sometimes in the moment you be you'll be getting really into it, and you'll be kind. Of, you know, I'll be getting mad over there. I'll be pacing up and down the line uh, sideline. I'll be like, no man, look, I can already imagine. And I actually, so I remember kind of back when you you know knew the beginning when you first started, just seeing the Snapchat stories that you posted like, yeah, we're working, like you outside. And I just remember over yeah. and over as the days kept going, like you kept doing it, and I was like, oh, this man, like. He's pretty serious about this. And so, first of all, you mentioned it when you started out, you only had, you know, a couple of kids, two, three kids. At yeah. that point in time, how often were you working out with them a week? Was it like a, a weekly thing or were you getting them? So, when I first started, I had one kid. Uh, only one person immediately was with me. And okay. he worked every single day. He was about that grind. I okay. mainly think his family just really wanted him to be like, like he's an athlete. Don't get me wrong. He's not one of those kids that they just went out the house, but like they wanted him constantly doing stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they were happy to pay. Like I charge like $20 for an hour and a half who anybody who has uh, paid for any kind of sports training knows that it's really not that bad. It's a steal. No, like I'll say it. Like, 
that's a, that's a great deal. I remember growing up, man. I mean, brewer, other just tons of people. That's a great price, twenty dollars an hour. Yeah, and I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna do anything crazy because I mean, I'm out here working in an apartment complex court. Now it's like, granted, I will say it's pretty nice, but it's not anything crazy. It's July in Auburn, Alabama. It's hot. Kids be sweating. But uh, like, I started with that one. He worked every day. I picked up a second. And then I'd have a third that came every maybe once, twice, every two weeks. He was just kind of in and out. And uh, this is where I got sidetracked. I get sidetracked a lot. I was talking about that youth league that next year after that summer. Mm-hmm. But uh, after that season ended, um, I picked up a couple kids from that team. So I ended up having about four or five same age group. And um, that was the year that I made it to the championship. Okay. And uh, that opened a lot of doors for me that I could have never imagined. Like uh, I had, I had, a, so it was sixth and seventh. So you like, there's a big AU team down here. I'm, I know, you know, them. a lot of people won't know them, but uh, Auburn Raptors. Yeah. So they don't start really their program till seventh grade. Okay. Gotcha. So their sixth graders play rec. So those are the kids I'm talking about that are out there that are really nice. that are obvious basketball players and I had one, I had that big tall guy, and then I had a point guard who I'm, uh, I think he's going to the league. But Hayden Spencer, that man's goaded. Remember that name? Hey. Yeah. But, uh, first. Yeah. Um, like their coach reached out to me and he offered me a coaching job with the, uh, the Raptors, AAU. Now, at the time, uh, you know, I mean, if I was a grown and I had a stream of income where I could just sit there and, you know, I could go to work and then go, and coach, I would, but you know, it doesn't, it didn't pay. And everybody who's in college understands you don't have a lot of money. Yeah. So I had to turn it down, but uh, the guy who did that did a great thing. And he was like, he was preaching my name out to a lot of people. And he was like, Hey, if you want to, he's like, if you want to work, come work with this guy. Or if you're around this area, come work with this guy. Even if it's once every once in a while, I can't, uh, I appreciate that beyond any means. So I started getting a little more kids in there. It wasn't, I, it wasn't like I just got 20 or 30 or anything. I got like two or three more guys that were consistent and stuck with it. But um, so tables when you, not to cut you off, this is when you linked up with, this is when you end up working with AR at this point. Cause I know. Oh, I was about to, I, that's what I was about to get to. Oh, so, oh, yeah. yeah. So I was running my little thing out here in my apartment complex. And then I, uh, I had the idea. I was like, so money started getting a little tighter. And um, I was like, I need a little more cash. And I also, I was like, I really want to, I want to get a little more involved with this. You know, like the, the state I am, me being full-time in school and then working here, it's like, I don't have full time to commit to this and grow this as a business. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to, I was looking for ways I could kind of advance through the ranks, like with my scenario, my given scenario, my time frame, and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found a guy on Instagram. It might have, I might have even found this off an, a weird Instagram ad. You know, those weird ads you get that are just Pop-up. incredibly like accurate for you. Yeah, kind of scary almost. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's super weird. And uh, it was just this local gym run by a guy named Aubrey Reese, uh, ex Murray State basketball player down here. I don't know Palaika. Okay. And um, craziest coincidence ever. Um, my old maintenance man posted a video, like uh, when I lived at the Grove, remember those days? Yeah. My old maintenance man um, posted a, don't even ask me why I had him on Snap either. That, <laughs> that man was cool. <laughs> but uh, he posted a video in that gym and I was like, I slid up and I was like, hey, ask the guy who runs this if he needs any help. I'll work decent price as much as he wants me to. He was really, uh, the guy, uh, the maintenance man was really cool dude. He set me up. 
And uh, he gave me his number and I got to talk to him. Turns out Aubrey, the guy who runs the facility, just had a kid. And he's like, man, more than, he's like, I need help more than anything right now. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I don't, I, he's like, I don't even remember the last time I went to sleep, bro. And I was like, Hey, I, he's like, can you come tomorrow? And I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So I got in there and I, Aubrey opened. That was when I like to say my things really started kicking off. I got a lot of like I got a lot of good stuff going on from there. So I started working with him for him about three to five days a week, and then I was doing my stuff on the side. So I was bringing in a decent little stream of income right there for you know a part time. I was only working about twenty hours a week. I was making almost full time living. So I was like, that's pretty yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing, like everything just kind of kept compounding. And uh, eventually, uh, like this uh, facility, they opened up a uh, basically an AAU program, like 12 something teams, uh, AR Elite Basketball. And they weren't training anymore because they were using all that, uh, that gym time for practice. Okay. A lot of these kids still wanted to work through the season. You know, they're, they're grinders, hustlers. And um, I just eventually had these kids that would come and they'd reach out to me and be like, Hey, listen, we aren't training here anymore. Can we work with you? Can you come to us? And I had from there two or three more added on. And like, I would go, I, and at this point, a lot of those kids, I would go to them just to okay. make it a little easier and they would bring two or three friends. So like, before you know it, I went from a summer working with two kids to like eight months later and I'm working with 20 to 30. right so it was cool and uh it stinks that i started this new job because i was really like i was really getting in the swing and the flow of it but uh it's been i'm still manage it so like i I train on thursdays and sundays now and i have kind of select groups of uh my age group of the kids that have been there kind of long term that i work with okay yeah i know it's it's obviously you know starting work is slowing down a little bit but the fact that you're still going with it is dope i remember there was a while back um you were talking to me about you were trying to find, I'm sure this has changed with things now, you were trying to find a spot in, in Birmingham in case, you know, for whatever time you were here, you were looking for a gym so that yeah. you could be able to do some stuff here. Yeah. And I thought that was cool because at the time, this was before I hurt my knee, and I actually wanted to do something um, that the job I, I should be having started soon might actually allow me to do. We'll see. But I would love the idea of being able to host, like, some type of runs here in Birmingham. I know if you follow yeah. trainer, I mean, they have some here and there in places I know that, but I love, yeah. you know, people of all ages, the younger, older people. Oh, people, yeah. people who, oh, I love those competitive 5v5, those early runs. Oh, yeah. Yes, man. I think, like, we need more of those in general down here. And, I mean, just, you know, Alabama, Birmingham, just in the area in general. Uh-huh. Like, I, I would have loved to have the opportunity and there's a lot of hoopers in Alabama too. You'd be surprised. You know a what I mean? lot of hoopers, man. I got the idea because I saw a couple people talking about it. I don't even. It's not people I know well, but I just saw them on social media talking about. It. They wish they had more stuff like that here, and I would mm-hmm. love to be able to to find a place, get in somewhere, and, and set stuff like that up. Now, obviously, that was back in February. Like I said, before everything happened, and I was going to try to you know aim to do it this summer. But now it's still it's still a goal. It's something I'd love to do. Uh, you know, down the line. And yeah. I, that'd be dope if you could find, you know, the same for you. Like you got it on the side and you were working and whatever. If we could get a gym, you can do stuff in there. I think that'd be cool as anything. I just wanted to just because when you mentioned that, I was like, bro, like yeah. 
that's something that if we could do, that'd be dope. Um, so listen to this. This is my big scheme, man. Let me hear it. So, this, uh, so it's just weird, man, how things sometimes just fall into place. It just seems so weirdly perfect at times in life, you know, because life's so crazy. You never like you're one way and you're the other way. But things at the end, they always sometimes just kind of fall in line in a weird way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this new job I got, um, I'm learning so much that applies to athletes in a non-athletic set. So like I'm, well, I was an exercise science major. Okay. So like I know a lot about the body mechanically, biomechanically, how athletes work, all that stuff, all the fancy credential stuff. But like I'm getting real application here. I'm doing the therapies, but I'm also doing like I'm working stretches and I'm working uh, exercises that are like better improving functional movement, functional anatomy. Those are some big words I'll throw out. But uh, like when I say that, it's not, you know, everybody knows how to stretch. Everybody can hit the arm across the body. Everybody can hit some, you know, toe touches. But like this, like the, the three chiropractors I work under, like there are two of them are like sports. Uh, it, it's a really weird name. I'm trying to think it was like. Uh, it's basically their sport, like athletic training certified, but like at a doctorate level. So they're doctors of sports training almost. Okay. So yes, but they're so chiropractors, yeah. which is why I'm saying this weird alignment. So they work these very, very special and specific kind of movements that like, so I have a bunch of back. You remember I broke, I fractured my back in high school. Mm -hmm. I've been there for three days and they've had me doing stretches and I'm walking around like a new person. I feel loose. I feel mobile and I'm and like, I just feel like I'm learning so much applicable stuff there that I never could have even imagined. Yeah. Stuff you don't think about uh, younger. I was getting this job. So I'm getting this job so I can have hours to go to grad school and I want to go to grad school to be an orthopedic PA working like uh, orthopedic surgery, like the people that did your knee. Mm -hmm. So my big, like I was getting to my big grand scheme of things, I could take the knowledge that I've gained training at a basic fundamental level on my own i can take you know the the real world athletic training knowledge i'm getting in this chiropractor office any knowledge i'll gain through pa school which i'm sure is beyond crazy and then when i have some bread for my job hopefully i'll be able to open a facility like you were talking about you know a facility you can host runs you can host i would do my training out of there i wouldn't i've gotten a lot into weightlifting i would love to have like a little athletic regiment here's something i'd love to talk to you about on a side note because i'm all random everywhere so what do you i was talking about i actually i talk about this with a lot of people because you know a lot of high school athletes a get injured but b aren't you know there are those freaks in natures like mikey who are going to be six five filled out strong but then there's people like me man i graduated high school 145 pounds i was tiny I'm right there with you, man. We were we were in the gym. We were lifting. Yep. We were doing workouts five days a week. Why was I not getting bigger? We brought in uh, Coach Love. Brought in a guy. You remember that big swole dude? I can't remember his name. Yeah. You know I'm talking about from I think I it was you're talking about had us doing stuff in the back gym and all kind of. Yeah. yeah. So we're bringing in professional people, but like I I'm we just to me we weren't seeing the results. So like my big thing I talk about with a lot of the athletes I work with at the high school level now is uh. First of all, correct weightlifting. Mm -hmm. that, that's a complicated topic because it's just kind of you have to see it to explain it. But like mainly nutrition, bro. Yes. I changed my diet about a year ago 
And I have, uh, I went from like 160, no muscle, well, like 155, no muscle, just kind of skinny. You knew me when I was a sophomore and I'm up to, like I weighed in actually today and I'm 173 now and I feel in the best shape of my life. I'm the strongest I've ever been. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm the most mobile athletic I've ever been. And it was almost purely just because of a change in diet. Like in high school, we go, I, uh, well, I'd eat those school lunches and any, man, I don't even get, don't get me started on those school lunches. <laughs> and uh, eighth period, I come home, I might eat, I mean, I'd eat because I'd be hungry, but I wouldn't eat a lot. I wouldn't eat right. Yeah. Go to bed, or like I'd take a nap after school, do whatever after school, eat dinner, eat whatever dinner. But like, if I knew, if I had known like proper nutrition, it's not even like it's very difficult. You know what I mean? It's just, proper foods eat like one big healthy meal a day especially when you're in high school you can eat whatever you want but like there are so many easy simple solutions that can make the big word a lot of people in my field use is optimal you know like Mm -hmm. what you're only being 20 percent effective if you're lifting and not eating correctly and not you know taking your proper care of your body but if you i mean you make two or three small changes to your diet and your like lifestyle you can go from 20 percent optimization to like 80 percent Man, look, that's the same thing. I had the same kind of realization. I mean, one, you just, even in high school, I'm sure both of us, like you said, we were smaller. We tried to gain weight. We tried to eat a lot. But it's yeah. the thing. I also, I didn't realize that until probably about three years ago, man. And when yeah, you, you've, gotten, you've gotten like significantly, like you're pretty, you're pretty strong now, man. Yeah, man. Look, I went from, I took myself from, you know, 165 to about 180 and in a, in a fairly, honestly, fast for the like amount of time but it's just yeah it's, it, was, it was surprisingly simple once you kind of like i said you probably got one two three things clicking that are pretty simple and you're like dude this is easy you yep. know what i mean you just gotta put in the work from there and no that's awesome though like like you said that you're doing that all that stuff that you're doing is kind of you know aligning up in the one like that potentially bro that's something that if you Man, i'm plotting i'm telling you for, for anybody who's watching i'm plotting out here dude I'm trying to make some big things happen. I'm right there with you, man. I love it. But um, so I do want to say, you know, with the kids, with the, you know, the training and the coaching now, first of all, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, uh, talking about how it's, it's so much different. I'm uh, trying to deal with these younger kids and going from playing at a, at a fairly high level. What's the biggest difference you would say in terms of going from, I mean, you people who, who, trained with, with people when we were younger to, to playing at a fairly high level to now taking these kids and you're you're teaching them you're the one teaching you joked around about it which I thought was funny we were talking a little while ago and you were like uh yeah now I don't call fouls in the drills which <laughs> it's hilarious and they can't do anything about it so what's it like man being in that position now and kind of being more the mentor man so here, like, there are better trainers. There are people out here 10 times more qualified than me. There are people in Auburn 10 times more qualified than me. Um, my approach to it is unique, and I think that's something in this field that can be very valuable. Yeah. Um, I approach – obviously, I, I give good workouts, good drills. I push my players, but those are the simple things. You know, train. if you go to three different trainers, they're going to – they're all – I mean, if they're good trainers, they're all going to push you hard. They're going to give you good, challenging drills that will improve your player development. And, um, you know, just things along that line. You know what I mean? You're going to have the fundamental kind of common things. But with my players, what I really – I take a lot of time stressing 
a lot of the mental game and not even so much as like Kobe Bryant mental as in seeing the game, because that's almost something you just have to get a feel for. But I, I, I break it down. I'm also a psychology minor. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. Yeah. So I graduated with psychology minor uh, with my exercise science degree, but I apply like a headspace. So a, a better way would just to kind of give you an example. I know you'll relate to this. So when we were playing in high school, you and me, I would argue that you and me were two of the top 5% talented players in whatever region, you know, it could be Birmingham, half of Alabama, whatever. We were, we were good, solid players. We were great. Okay. Now yeah. I'll argue we could have been two times better than we were. I'd agree with that. Right. And that doesn't just go for you and me. That goes for anybody that almost anybody that was on our team. Our team was deep, bro. That could have been anybody. Yeah, for sure. I'd agree. And Wyatt, Yaden, Peyton, even I mean, Peyton was the goat, but even, even everybody can be better. But like, I think a big factor in that was our team's kind of psyche. And I'm not going to point names, call, uh, you know, I'm going to point fingers, call names, but like, I did not feel the level of comfort I've like playing basketball and out on the court as I do now. Uh, it is so, it is 10 times slower. Yep. So what I work with like on my players is a, like a mind state of being comfortable. Lots of trainers. I mean, will yell at you. Not usually, they're usually not yelling at you bad, but like I'm really breaking down because a lot of the kids I coach too. So I had the special benefit of like, being their coach and their trainer, if you know what I mean. No, that's huge because you get to see them in game and then go work with and them. That. And like, so I instill this, uh, I'm instilling these, these mental kind of states of like, I'm big with confidence. I, I hate when my, a lot of kids, especially middle school, I mean, everybody knows what it's like to be in middle school, especially I'll get kids that get frustrated and they go, I can't do it. And I, I'd never make a run, but I'm like, I, I pause everything. I'm like, everybody stop. I'm like, don't ever say you can't do something you don't manis- manifest that, you know, like not on any whack stuff like that, but like, no, for real. I'm a big, I'm a big person. That if you're going to sit there and you're going to say, I can't do it. You're not going to be able to do it. No. And uh, like a lot of coaches put that negative manifestation in players. They, they create this negative energy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I really work with keeping these kids and like confidence, positive attitudes mistakes are going to happen, especially in a sport as fast paced as basketball. Don't beat yourself up, but don't accept it. Yep. And uh, I mean, it's very situational on a lot of stuff I work on, but like wh- what I'm trying to get at is I work on a level of game that's past physical and athletic ability. You think, I mean, look at some great players in the NBA, like Steve Nash, Ricky Rubio. Um, I'll even give Chris Paul. He had a tough little stretch in the finals, but that's because Drew was cold. Yeah, these guys guys are six feet tall. Um, I'm not gonna say they're not athletic, they're top tier athletes, but they're not nearly as athletic as the people surrounding them in the sport. Yeah, so what you know, what's making their game crazy? It's not, I mean, they're they're good shooters, they're good ball handlers, but it's their mental game, you know what I mean? They're that Chris Paul controls the flow of a basketball game without touching the ball, yep, or without, or I mean, holding the ball and not being a threat. Drew picked him up three-fourths of the court the entire series because they knew that that would keep Chris Paul – that would limit his ability to dissect the game and break it down in front of everybody, you know? Yep. 
So like, don't, even, don't even get me started on that. Like I know, bro. not to. I'm sure. We'll, I'm sure we'll get to that in a little bit. I mean, we, I got, I, we talk about a lot of the final stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Go ahead. My, my my final point was just like, I'm trying to instill at a young age this confidence and this mental process that like, the get you can be a game changer, uh, or like I can I can make these guys better mentally. And, you know, and I think that's a big thing I add with these kids is that, you know, you can go through all the skill work. These kids will work their butts off skills. They can do that at home. But I didn't have somebody there telling me how to think. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had great trainers. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I worked with Coach D down at Montevallo. But Coach D wasn't there to watch my games. He wasn't there to talk to me after my games or be there at my practices or anything. So I'm making the most out of my opportunity of the kids. I, I mean, I do this with the kids I don't coach, too. But, like. I really instill this mental game within them. And I, I, I try to make an example that like, that is a really important thing in going to the next level. You know, if you can, if you can think ahead and you can really break that game down, then you'll be, you don't have to be the most talented. You know what I mean? You don't have to be the biggest, the strongest, the fastest, but your impact will be seen and college coaches will love that. No, bro. Like that's, look, I honestly, I, you know, I have some thoughts on, on it as well. I couldn't say it any better than you just said. I mean, the, the confidence part of it is it, scary how how big that is. Not only that, but for these kids, you got to think, the kids who are already, you know, the kids you were talking about are the ones who are working. Whether it's their parents made them to or they want to, you're already working regardless, right? So my thing with that is... On a, real quick, I'm not, not to mean to interrupt you. Do I instill a confidence, but I, I've dealt with overly confident players, and I'm huge on bringing that back down. You know, yep. humbling is as important as having confidence. Yes, There's a difference between confidence and cocky. You know what I mean? But continue with that. I just wanted to point that out. No, I was just going to say, for these kids who are already clearly, you know, if they're in the position they're in, they're putting in the work. I think something else that, that's right up there huge is, is trusting that work. And part of that is obviously confidence. Man, I don't mean to, you know, make this make this about us or a huge blast on the past, but like we told, like talked about, man. We're this is going to be a blast from the past. It's inevitable, bro. Oh, yeah, a little bit. You know, why not? Wait, we're both guys who, you know, compared to, to a lot of people, I know a lot of people who play, but we both, you know, didn't just, just love the game, but love putting in the work behind it. Like I said, we love, love the process. To this day, man, I'll, I'll go to the gym and just, just shoot for myself. I love doing that. Mm -hmm. But the, to be able to do that, whether you're training with these kids or you're training by yourself, you know, if you're going in there and you're doing all this work, you're, you're hitting these shots, this drill work, whatever you're doing, You've got to trust yourself to, to be comfortable enough with it and like both of them comfortable and confident enough with it to, to actually do that in the game. And that's something that I wish I would have had somebody like you mentioned when we were younger, you know, talking to me about that, putting that in my ear, just because all that work you're doing is great, but it's got to translate and it will. You try to trust yourself. So I yeah. think that's a huge part of it as well. Man. That also opens up the idea that, you know, you see, this is where a lot of people from the outside who haven't been in, in like college programs, professional programs, undervalue the role as a coach. Huge responsibility. Oh, this is more true the NBA than anything, but like huge responsibility of the coach isn't a lot of the X's and the O's. Mm -hmm. It's rallying troops. It's getting them in that headspace. It's getting them ready to go out there and lay it all on the line, having them confident, making his players the best that they can be. Yeah, you, you got to put them in a position where they can succeed. you got to put yeah. them in the best yeah. position. Yeah. And I think a lot of coaches get caught up in uh, in high school, especially. A lot of coaches get caught up in the, the wins and the losses. 
And like, and they're, they're quick to say, you know, you can learn a lot from a loss, but like, look at why, why is this, why are these players? Like, I, I think so fundamentally, I'm looking, I'm like, why is this player playing bad? I have a kid that plays a bad game. Kids are going to play bad games. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to overthink that. A kid's going to have an off night, he's missing shots. But if I'm seeing a kid have a bad game for a reason, or, you know, I can pick out that reason, or I can ask him, or I can figure it out, then I'm going to break that down. And like, one thing I think that makes me at least a pretty solid, maybe just a youth coach, solid youth coach. Yeah, there we go. I I firmly believe that I can bring the most out of my team. You know, I may not have the best team. Heck, I I most of the time don't have the best team. But like we will we will play smart, we will play hard, and like this is so cliche, but like my kids have fun. They love playing with me. It doesn't like it doesn't matter. I mean, the kids don't they, they don't like to lose. No one likes to lose. It's going to happen, but like we work, I explain, this is going to happen. This is part of the process. I, I hold people accountable, even though they're in the fifth and sixth grade. I think that's a big thing with kids. You can't tiptoe around failure. They need to know, they need to know that failure is not wrong. I'm never going to sit there and be like, Robert, you missed that free throw. You lost us that game. No, never. I'm going to say, Hey, we had some opportunities in Robert. You could have made that free throw. You're going to miss those sometimes. You're going to get opportunities, and you're not always going to succeed in those opportunities. There's nothing wrong with that. You missed that, but we're going to build off of that. You know what I mean? I get that. No, man. It's, and I will say this, especially coaching in general. I mean, it's different at each and every age group, but this people don't realize how, how tough that is, especially I'll speak to it at the high school level. You know, you've mm-hmm. got the responsibility of not only – Two things you said. One, the pressure of the wins and losses. Two, the, the getting your best, you know, out of your guys. Three, you're literally taking, you've got that that added kind of responsibility, and this is more so in high school and college, uh, of making these uh, young men men. So yeah. it's a tough challenge for sure, but it is, it's something that is crazy, man. People don't realize how, how much, you know, coaching at, at all levels impacts players teams just, just everything that goes on the court you know what i mean everything man. that's that's a, towards another thing i was explaining with the mental thing is like i i teach them thinking that applies off the court man that applies you know how you should carry yourself in life Con- you should be confident in everything you do because yep. if you, my favorite phrase i i the kids uh, they hear it more than anybody if and it's if you don't believe in yourself then who's going to believe in you do you know what I mean? I love it. That mean, like, if you can't believe in yourself to do whatever it is, to, to go and get an A on a test or to go and score 10 points or 20 points, whatever goals you have in life, then why should anybody else believe? No one else is going to do it for you. Like, no one else. Well, like, I would if someone told me they don't think they can score 20, I'm going to be like, well, I, I don't think you can score 20 either, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or if, they, if, they, if one of my homies comes in and he's like, man, I don't think I can get this girl. I'm like, well, yeah. You ain't going to do Yeah, no, and it's like it's like some of these things are so cliche, but like they're just so fundamentally true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I try to instill these things that they that they can apply to, and that's one of the things a lot of people talk about. Sports applies to the real world. Lots of uh, like to be on some adult stuff is a lot of business and everything. Love athletes, love hiring college athletes because the core values and everything you learn about it. Is it applies to more than just sports, and I try to teach. Like I said, I'm trying to get this in at a younger age with them. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm always successful, man. I got I got some kids that really resist it. They don't 
they 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 just they kind of want to be there to be cool or they they want to be good they want to be good but they don't want the, like the full spectrum yep. of learning and knowledge and that's part of working with kids that are 10 or 11 what were you doing when you were 10 or 11 i might have been eating rocks bro i don't even know what i was up to <laughs> like, not working hard at basketball look they, them being there is more than i was doing basketball while i was at 10 or 11 so i i it, it took me to get to seventh grade before i was i was really in that grind but uh I mean, like I said, I'm trying to get them ahead. They want to be ahead. Um, they want to work with me. If I've learned anything, this is a little side note too, is uh, what's crazy is how much you can teach them at such a young age. You know, you want to, when I first started working with them, I was just doing, you know, like some crossovers back and forth at some cones, going to do some layups. And I got these kids, uh, like within like three months, I figured out, I was like, listen, they're going to suck at it the first day we work on it. And I was like, if they work on it like a day, two or three kids could do just about anything I'm having my high schoolers doing. I've got these kids doing uh, like the, the, like all kinds of like the cross two ball cross two ball yeah. twin legs. I got them doing like, they'll do that and then cuff the ball and then do a left hand, no cuff layup. And, they're <laughs> in grade. and I'm like, like, obviously when we're first, like first day we do that, dude, they're flinging it off the bottom of the rim. They're punting the ball. They're mad. And I'm like, stick with the process. Two days later, these kids are just doing it. And I'm like, and they just learn so fast. It's wild. No, it's wild. I know it, man. Once I, I figured that out, I was just like, I can throw anything at them. They'll just learn it. It's wild. I swear, bro. I've got – so I've got uh, my little cousin who – I don't want to get this wrong on the episode. I think he's seven. I believe he's seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're both – he's left-handed just like me. But I promise you, if you would have taken me, probably – he – works hard he, he once he loves the game of basketball he's worked hard since he was he was like four if you would take him now and probably me in like 10th grade and asked us both to do a right-handed layup I guarantee you like, I'll put my money on him making it more than I would myself so it I believe that 100 like you, they can get going really quickly if they're, if they're taught correctly which is like you said not to make it more about bigger stuff than that that's that's for everything you know the younger you learn it that you can kind of learn school stuff, everything like that, that they can pick it up easily. Um, dude, they're just a bunch of sponges. Let them soak it up. If they enjoy it, it makes it even better. It's easier to teach it if they like it. Exactly, man. But so you kind of mentioned it. You got to go ahead and dive into it, man. I didn't know it was funny when I had actually, uh, you know, scheduled this with you. I wasn't sure if we were going to be talking about a series that was over or be talking about a game seven. Oh, I, I wish we were talking about game seven, man. I'm hurt. Hey, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, yeah, just overall, you can get us going. Any take, anything from that series, takeaways, thoughts, what you're thinking? Man, I just – Giannis drops – and this is not a knock on Giannis. This is just more of, like, how simple the game is for him, bro. Giannis, he, it's like the third quarter. I watch him get a buck, and I'm like, all right, yeah, you know, Giannis has got, like, 22. I'm like, he's, he's, he's doing all right. And his stats pop up. His man's got 36, 18, and 6. And I'm like, on the most quiet, like, just let, like all within 10 feet of the basket. Casual. I, I watched him hit one three the entire series. <laughs> it's just that easy. <laughs> he made it. In like, 17 of 19 from the free throw line. I'm like, have I seen Giannis miss a free throw all night long? <laughs> he was cold at home. He shot great at home. Yeah. And, I mean, you want to get on that mental level again? Uh did you see what Giannis was talking about when people were giving him hell about missing all those free throws? Mm-hmm. And he said, he's like, man, I, I, this is a rough quote. I'm going to butcher it. But I, he was like, I've missed 
He's like, I've missed free throws for the game. I've airballed free throws for the game. I've airballed free throws in every quarter, all times. I've missed more than I've made in games. He's like, all this, all that. But he's like, that's not going to stop me from getting to the line. And that's not going to take my confidence away. He's like, I'm going to, he's like, I'm going to keep shooting and I'm going to keep getting it. He's not phased. He's not phased. It doesn't matter. You see, like, like I, that's just a, such a great way to look at it. You know, Giannis is working hard to improve it. He's, I mean, I, I can't imagine shooting a free throw at his height and length. It's probably crazy difficult. Throwing everybody counting at you. It's wild. But uh, I mean, like all respect to him. He's one of those great mental athletes, man. He's just optimistic, positive. He's go-getter. You know what I mean? Bro. So like I said, I can't be mad he won it, man. That's mad respect to him. He, did, he deserved it. He really did. No, I wanted him to get it, and you mentioned that quote. He's one guy that recently I have loved listening to them talk, bro. Mm-hmm. He, the way he carries himself, the way he – and just in a, such a short period of time. I mean, he's 26. This, this, the way he carries himself, how he talks in his interviews. I think part of that's the humbleness of him coming from another country and yep. not coming from a lot. And, like, a lot of people don't come from a lot but turn out a lot different. I think just him – I mean – I don't know a lot about Greece, but Greece, I do know that Greece isn't, you know, this huge capitalist, massive society full of high, high wealth, low, low, everything. And like he came over into America, this just crazy culture pot of I had so many words I don't even want to say. You know what I mean? Just yeah. <laughs> shit show. And um, he just came and he got it. He just went after it. He was there to play ball and he got it. Uh, on a side note, I saw this today because, you know, I'm a shoe guy. Um, you got your phone on you? I do, right here. All right, so Giannis got new shoes, and they're based off of one of his – I think his first tweet when he got to America. So Google uh, – Giannis new shoes? Yeah, Giannis uh, smoothie shoes. Oh, I remember that tweet about how much he loves. He was like, I just got to – it was like completely butchered in English. It's honestly really awesome. It's a, it's like uh it's like just got to America, tried smoothie for the first time, and it's like wow in all caps and a bunch of emojis. These are so tough. Yeah, they're tough, bro. They're eighty five dollars. Let me see if the camera. Can't handle it. There we go. Did you see? It's got fruit icons on it. It's on the other side. It's got like a banana and strawberries and stuff. Yo. They're cold, bro. They're cold. I would have to give me some of these. Hold on now. $85? That's in my budget. I'm broke as hell. <laughs> that man's doing it for the people. No, that's awesome. I mean, look, you remember when um who else was it that did that back? I think Shaq used to do that. Shaq shoot. What was it? Shaq made millions of dollars off of 10 to 15 dollar basketball shoes. He did it for the people. They were all over Walmart. I remember it's Shaq. It's hard not to love Shaq. You know, that's that's a whole different man. That man's a fool. Comedy. Look, do you have a – are you on your phone right now or do you have it with you? I got my phone. All right, I'm going to send you – so this is the next thing I wanted to kind of to get into, and it's really not fair because I've already seen it and had time to think about it. You may have seen it, but I'm going to put you on the spot and get your thoughts on uh, two things, and I'm going to start with this one. I'll try to post it with the episode so the people – so you guys can all, you know, get in on it and hear it as well. But it's – so it's got a picture. And there are four point guards. It says you got to cut one player in their prime. Keep 
keep in mind that in their prime, so their peak, and in the photo, it's Russell Westbrook, Derrick Rose, Chris Paul, and Steve Nash. Oh, well, I mean, I already know my answer. But first of all, you just gave me an opportunity to flex. So I got to shout my man D-Rose out. I got to sign, sign Derrick Rose jersey world. You heard it here first. Well, I got to okay. No, that's like my so you're not. So you're not. Okay, I know who you're not cutting now. Well, if anybody's cutting D-Rose, you need to let me get their number. Because they didn't watch basketball. That man was insane. Agree. Um, I know who it is, and oh man, I I this I'll is say a, this. Will, hold on, I'll say this. For me, it's got to be one of the guys on the right. Oh, so we we on different terms, bro. What? I think I'm cutting Russ, man. And you gotta hear me out. You gotta hear me out. Russ Russ is one of the greatest players on paper, on paper. Great, phenomenal. He's gonna give you 30, 10, and ten. He's gonna give you twenty and twenty on Nipsey Day. But uh, rest in peace. But uh, it could be I I my thing with Russ, and this is why if it could have been anybody, I might I probably would have picked Chris Paul. But um, Russ is not a winner, man. He's not. He's not. I agree. He's not, with that. He doesn't play the game to win. To me, he plays the game to make himself look good. And Russ could be a winner. He could be that. He has all the potential in the world world to do it. Um, and it's not so much that he just makes a bunch of bad plays. If you watch him, he doesn't look like a bad basketball player. Hmm. Two things that kill me with Russ. Shooting efficiency, which yeah. also results in player efficiency. He takes – he doesn't make an incredible amount of shots, but he also – sorry, my buddy just – my roommate just sent me a text saying you better stop hating on Russ. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. That may hear me. But uh, – he, doesn't, he takes – he's going to take 20 around, you know, 20, give or take, five or 30 shots. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's going to um, up there. And he's might, he might only make – like, I watched a game where this man shot three for 22. Like, <laughs> but you want to know what's wild? That man had 25 points. Yeah, that's what's crazy. Like, that, that sounds like a typical rust night. Yeah, he looks good on paper. Uh, it's that efficiency, but it's also – he uh, and in the NBA, there's such crucial moments when shots need to go in, and that's uh, if that's what hurt the Suns a lot is that they couldn't get a bucket in moments they needed to. Mm-hmm. It's not even those last second buckets, it's the last 10 possessions of the game. Yeah. But Russell takes shots that just aren't good shots, and they look you know, everybody says there's that phrase, it looks good if it goes in, you know what I mean? Yeah. But to me, that's that's why I choose Russ. But uh, I also got to throw in the fact that he got daddied by my boy – or he got sunned by my boy Dame. Everybody be talking about Russ and Dame, and I can't even believe that's a conversation. Dame, be. a franchise, Dame ended a franchise, bro. Everybody just dipped. <laughs> Russ got out of George got out of there. That was the most disrespectful shot I've ever seen. One of the best shots I've ever seen in my life. Like, no, no exaggeration. Yeah. Um, I could – I who was yours? Was yours Chris Paul? I hope you're not saying Steve Nash, man. So, yeah, I get the case for Russ for sure. I mean, I can't argue. Like, he doesn't translate to it. We've said since we were younger, me and some guys, he's not – I love Russ. He's not a championship player. Maybe this one-on-one – like, this is a one-on-one target. He's – him and D-Rose probably played in the championship. Exactly. Um, for me, I'm going CP only because here's why. And it's kind of unfair. So, I put a lot into – it's talking about these guys' primes or their peak. Yeah. Chris Paul's thing has been – he's just been sustainably great 
yeah. for his entire career. Yeah. I mean, everyone else on that list has an MVP. Somehow Steve Nash has two. I'll leave that alone. Well, we don't even get me started on that Kobe one, bro. Yeah, look, I was looking at the numbers. I don't know if Steve really should have gotten either one of them, but that's neither here or there. Um, I just think yeah, if we're talking their peaks, I think Chris Paul – I think he he he's taking the you know he's the fourth string there. Now now wait a minute, I got something yeah. to think about here. What was it? It was I don't know. Was it oh nine? Uh, they vetoed a Chris Paul to the Lakers trade with Kobe. That was some bull. Now that that was some bull. First, that's something I needed to see. But that could have been. I mean, think about. It. They, didn't they also have – was that the year that they had uh, Dwight or uh, – it might have been – I don't uh, – you know, you're going to have to fact check me on that. I, I'm terrible about knowing the years and all that. But they, they would have had an incredible team. Oh, and yeah. That was Chris Paul in his – I mean, he's – it was his prime. Like you said, his prime was never just a spike. But, like, he was a little – he was better than he is now. Yeah. I mean, he fin- Chris Paul has a t- has a couple. I know one for sure. He might have two top three MVP finishes, but yeah. but like that could have been a defining moment on this list that could have put somebody else out. It could have. He wins, a, he wins a ring. We get to see. You know, I mean, he had that opportunity this year, but I, I, it's just a little bit different playing with Kobe being Bryant. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Especially when he's a distributor and Kobe Kobe's a shot maker. And they both, I mean, look, Chris Paul gets sometimes slept on because he's so small, how good he is defensively. So him and Kobe defensively would have been a – I mean, Chris Paul can get a bucket too. I think uh, back to the finals, bro, I think a big thing that hurt the Suns is Chris Paul wasn't looking to score. He wasn't. I but mean, you can tell when he was. He, he ISO'd and then would take his little fade, which was cold. But, like, he half the time he's getting he's getting the foot out on the rim, man, and he's dribbling circles. And there's a time and place for that. But, like, when the defense knew he was doing that, they knew he weren't – that like, he wasn't going to shoot. So they were looking, where's this ball going to go? Let's get it there. Bucks were – I got to give it to them. I mean, they they played the Suns incredible. Phenomenally. Now, I will say this, and I agree, but was he not looking to score as much or was it also – Drew is a dog, man. I don't think – I don't know if you saw it, but I posted it. Dude, you know, dude, that man, I think he I think he was a huge X-Factor on that team. It's not ridiculous. A huge game he had where he dropped like 28 – and was just clamping, but like, no, yeah, that's he's one of those silent heroes, man. He's what we call like a coach's favorite. He does the dirty work, but he, like I said, he's picking Chris Paul up three fourths court. He's meeting people on help side at the rim. He's getting that, that clutch steal, bro, on Booker. Double, incredibly smart double team on Booker. Ripped it clean out of his hands. Booker is not a weak dude, guys. He made that thing look easy. Yeah. Bullied him, bro, and then threw a lob. That's pretty. That's pretty cold, though. After, and he gets – look, I'll say this. He kind of got some hate here and there because he was fairly inconsistent offensively during the series. But when he's asked to do as much as he is on – I mean, he's asked to sit in the stance and guard the better the other team's best perimeter player for 40 minutes every night. That's a ridiculous – and he does it at such a high level. You mentioned it. He's picking up Chris 94 all night long. So I'm, I love – I'm a huge Drew Holiday. I was just the other day watching a clip of him just playing – defense against like some guys who aren't known but they're some of them play in the nba some of them play professional overseas and it's he's ridiculous um i did i had another one too i told you I had two of them so i'm gonna send you another photo yeah. and i feel like you might have seen this one this one was kind of circular circulating around um but i'm gonna get your thoughts on it as well 
I can find it. All right. And I'll try to post this one too for people to see. It. Oh, no, bro. Oh, no, bro. Oh, yeah, it's making look. Let me explain. It's been making the rounds, people. It's the. Oh, I've seen it. It's, if it's if all six of these guys are on the same team at their peak, who would have to come off the bench? And in the photo is LeBron, Michael Jordan, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, and Shaquille O'Neal. I'm going to say this. I'm sorry, people. My answer is going to piss y'all off. It's going to pit. I feel like you might go the same direction. Yeah. Is it? All right. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say mine, man. I love him to death. It's Bean for me. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I've got I've got Michael Jordan. It, that's Michael Jordan 2.0. I don't need Kobe out there, too. But love him to death. I think Bean's got to come off the bench. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I hate just looking at this thing. Um, tough, man. You can't not play Shaq, most dominant big ever. Also, there's just not another center there. Yeah. Jordan Goat. There ain't another point guard on there. There also ain't Steph, another Steph Curry on there. <laughs> <laughs> so you're sitting there, bro. So here's here's here it is for me. It's uh, KD is really the only power forward on there. You can play LeBron power forward, so I got to play KD power forward. And so it's like to me, it gets down to LeBron and Kobe at that small forward. And I will cut this mic like, right I, now. If you bench LeBron, I'll cut this mic right now. <laughs> you gotta listen to me. You gotta listen to me, bro. So like I'm not a LeBron fan. I'm not. I'm not. I'm a Kobe till I die fan. But uh but Kobe, uh, LeBron is the more well-rounded basketball player. He is. Kobe was an assassin. Kobe didn't want to be the more well-rounded basketball, bro. He yeah. wanted to just come in there and give you buckets. And kill you. Like he wanted to give you difficult buckets. He didn't want layups. He wanted you to be in his face, and he wanted to make it, and he wanted just to look at you. He was just cold. He just wanted to run back and just – he was just cold. So, like, when you got a team full of, like, scorers, shot creators like that, it's just better to have LeBron there. So, yeah, I got – I mean, I, I that's when I first saw this. I thought long and hard about it too, but I was like, I think it's got to be being. That's and, not bad. I, hey, look, as a, look, I know – so I'm a Braun guy, so it was – I'm not going to say easy, but I didn't mind doing it. I know for you being fans out there, that hurts to admit right there. But I respect – Yeah, you. I'm not – I'm not – so, like, Kobe – like I said, Kobe is – Kobe's reputation isn't a GOAT reputation just because of the way the game is. I think he was I'm, – I'm going to say one or two because everybody's going to argue it. One or two, like the best score, pure score, the game has seen. I'd agree. Like if you've ever watched that man, like the difficulty, game in and game out, it was just wild. That man was just a bucket. Man, you know, you talk about, and I'm curious to see what you do here. So you mentioned all-time scores. I would have Kobe up there too, and everybody kind of knows the names that get thrown out there. I feel like there's a guy whose name – has kind of gotten tossed out of it because how the back end of his career is gone. But I want to see if you include him. Give me some of the, the best scores. And if you don't know a lot of the old school guys, that, that's fine. But give me some of the best all-time scores when you first think of it. Because there's a guy I, I'm curious. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going in not any specific order. Is that, yeah. is that correct? I'm not even going to try to rank them. So Just name some guys. Yeah. Four or five. 
gonna give you Mike. I'm gonna give you Kobe. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna give you Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. Three for three. I'm gonna give you T Mac. Sleeper, but yeah, I like it. He was dude, shot maker. Everybody talked, yeah, that was like he was Kobe, but a little taller. Even Kobe said that, which might have been yeah. stretch, but you get the point. Um, and it's so hard to remember. We've had so many great just scores. So I can pull. How, how far would you have to go down? This is the guy I was curious about because I mean, because I might I might be addressing this. So I got I also got in on this final spot where I'm really kind of bouncing with. I'm bouncing with uh, Steph Curry just because of the way he changed the game with scoring. I mean, the dude, he he's just kind of an X factor in that. But his his here's the thing with him. He's he's very he's not limited to a sense, but like he's really a three point shooter. But like. The ease he scores with three, bro. I mean, he gives you 50 with 44 points from the three-point line or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But uh, also, so I'm putting him and AI in this in this kind of bouncing, you know what I mean, that, that fifth spot. Okay. Now, I, I'm very well, I'm sure. I mean, I'm forgetting some people. But, like, my first four, I'm, I'm, I'm staying true to those. No, those are locks, and it's not even forgetting some people. It's just one guy because I'm like I hear people talk about it all the time. You named all the guys that always get named. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you're talking today, Harden's in there eventually somewhere as you keep going. I think I think Harden's better because of the rules than That's, any. Of them. No, I'd agree with that. But like the name, I was thinking, what do people not include Melo anymore these days? Because if you're talking three levels, look, I'm not like a huge Melo fan. I'm just. Yeah. Three, all levels of scoring. You're you're right. You know what? I give him I give him a higher position. That and that you're right. That's such a slept on guy for some reason. It's and he's not like I mean I did it. He's not crying, bro. End of his career. If you've been watching this, this man is still giving out buckets. He just can't play defense. He's old, but he's giving out buckets. And he is as thorough. It is. It, he's one of those players I talk about. The game is slow for him. He's just jab. You bite. You front fake, bite, whatever, whatever. He's anything you do, you're wrong, and he's gonna get a shot. I mean, um, talk about like mid range, post up, perimeter. Like he's got all, all the levels, man. So I'm just, he's he's up there somewhere for me. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I here's my one probably reason I didn't think of him. I really didn't watch a lot of Mellow growing up. But now I did watch NBA, and I did like I liked a lot of people. I didn't, I didn't watch a lot of Mellow. Now, I've always liked Mellow. Like, I played all the 2K. It was really fun using them in 2K. That post fade, unguardable. But uh, I would have to I would have to look into some stuff. But I, I think he, he is top seven or eight, I think, undeniable. Because, I mean, that man, yeah, he's top, pretty up there on the scoring list. And you're right. That is a sleeper. A lot of people don't mention him. No. He's kind of – he faded back just because of his, like, his kind of role in the league. Mm -hmm. He was always kind of lone wolf. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I've got – you know, I think, you know who I think is a slept-on, just all-time ratings guy? Let me hear it. Wayne Wade. Okay. People sleep on Wade. And I'm not saying scoring. I'm not saying scoring or anything. I'm saying all, all like, overall player all-time. I think he's he's up there, man. He was a really – you know, I think he was uh, – you can fact-check me on this one, too. But he was, like – I want to say the number one – he had the most blocks for a shooting guard in the NBA's history. I could actually believe that 100%. I don't know for sure, but yeah, I could check, and I, that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. I think 
Okay, Wade's interesting to me because I think it's like he gets his respect, but he's so clearly set in where he is. Like he's the third best shooting guard of all time, right? You got Jordan, you got Kobe, then it's Dwayne Wade. Now you're getting in the danger zone. That's just, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm a Wade guy. Like, I, yeah, but you're the way that everybody's like, Luka Doncic is a point guard, LeBron's a point guard now. Everybody, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's true. All those people just want to yell hard at you. And I'm like, no. Yeah. So, but no, I agree. Like Wade's, I mean, yeah, I got. I mean, I love me some Dwayne Wade. Yeah, I love it. Are you looking up right now? See, let's see. Oh, I think he's second behind the goat. Oh, oh yeah, so close. It was Michael Jordan with eight hundred and twenty-eight blocks in his career. That's pretty cold, man. Wait, hold up. He weighed at how much further behind him was he? He was second. You said Michael had Jordan. Okay, but listen to this. So they Michael Jordan and Dwayne Wade averaged the same amount of blocks per game. Jordan just played more games. What's the number? They averaged one like they averaged 0.9 blocks per game as a shooting guard. That's tough. No, a block a game as a shooting guard is is very solid. If you know your shooting guard is gonna get out there and get a block, Dwayne Wade had 804 blocks. <laughs> left on defender a lot of people never talk about this Kobe Bryant had uh he's fourth on the list don't even get me started with that because I was one person who I was never happy this whole postseason I, I did not like and I'm not he's a great player but the whole book to Kobe comparisons I was like can we can we calm this down yeah books, books like me love me some book but, uh, but come on now like, it's almost like people forget this man Kobe was 12 time all defense hey like, it's a, it's a lot more book needs to do before I could say that. Um, but I'm trying to think, bro. I know we could literally sit here and talk hoops like for hours and hours. Yeah. I don't want to keep this thing going on, uh, dragging too long to where people are like, damn, a two and a half hour episode. Yeah, what is this, a Joe Rogan podcast? <laughs> you can always have me on again. That's what I'm saying. Eight four months or something. This has been one of my, my, my more favorite episodes for sure, bro. Um, yeah. I appreciate it. Listen, we could talk about anything, bro. For you, sure. ain't, uh, you ain't a big hockey guy. I'll give you some lowdown, some hockey, man. That's a sport the world is sleeping on. Hey, I got into it the last two games of the finals. I watched it just because I was watching. Finals sucked because Tampa Bay was like OP. <laughs> <laughs> they were playing some Canadians. Nah, you, you, like uh, to anybody that's listening to this, man, you got to give hockey like a try. I mean, come I'll on. It's like, hockey. Physicality of football mixed with the pace of basketball. What people don't realize is hockey, you don't score a lot, but the pace is so fast. They'll shoot 45 shots a game on net, and the goalies are doing like – like think about – dude, uh, to me, uh, now I'm on a tangent. You got me on my hockey right, team. Right. Goalie, the goalie in hockey is one of the hardest positions to play in any sport. And to me, you got to think about this. You're sitting here. You've got a mask over your face. You're sitting in what they call the butterfly, which is basically the splits. You're going up and down up the splits. You got to watch these guys do it. It's inc- it I, I don't even know if they're still dudes after doing half of this. That'd <laughs> uh, be good for your knees. No, no. they. I know they're hurting, bro. And, uh, like, they're sitting there in a mask in the split, going in and out the splits. They've got 10 guys on the ice in front of them. They're following a puck that's this big in a stadium of people with flashing LED lights people screaming lord knows what at a hockey game yeah <laughs> like all these people in there 
And like one part of hockey strategy is when you're on offense, you have guys stand in front of the goalie. You can't get in his little zone, but they stand in front of the goalie to keep him from seeing the puck. And these dudes still will save. It's like uh, the the guy Andre Vasilevsky, the goalie for Tampa Bay, who won the MVP, like Finals MVP. It's a different. They have a different name for it. I'm putting it in basketball terms for y'all. Okay. But uh, he had like a save percentage of 94. percent So like. 94 and that's that's all shots that like are on net that would go in if he didn't stop them that's how they do the percent yeah. so like they're shooting 40 shots a game and this man's saving like well i might i remember one game they shot like uh, i'm a carolina hurricanes fan we shot 55 goal or shots on him and he gave up zero and i was flaming <laughs> it's so like if you shoot 40 if you're shooting 40 shots that would go in He's saving 38 of them. Like, that is – and that's with all those factors I'm telling you about. That's just incredible. No, that's nuts. Yeah. That's nuts. And and like, I also will give it to, so- like, a soccer goalie, but that's just because they make – like, I've never understood soccer. Like, the goal is massive. How is that doing? <laughs> <laughs> Look, when you first started, I was actually going to ask, what about soccer? But then, I mean, the, the number of shots on goal, like – Yeah, and, and that's the – Maybe eight to ten as opposed to 50-something. And well, it's even, not even just the goal, like, the skill – required in hockey i can barely ice skate my guy yeah right (laughs) the sport itself all around it is just so you're allowed to just throw people into the glass you can like you're getting hit with the stick dude these guys are like they're shooting i want to like let me let me i'm a big statistics guy let me see how fast the average like shot is oh it's got to be something ridiculous Around 100 miles per hour, this dense puck, like just dense material. These dudes, and yeah, they're in pads, but these dudes just will lay out in front of it or they'll, they'll like crouch and just take it off if they're lucky, not their like face and neck and helmet, but like shoulders, calves, like knees. And they'll, they'll be like, you'll, they'll get hit and they'll just like cripple down the ice and they'll get back up. And they'll like go to the sideline hit some smelling salts and then just get back there. you'll see it on tv like they'll go to the bench and all these i mean i i'm like not my cup of tea or whatever but they're just like they gotta stay awake they're just i mean these dudes are as tough as nails bro i somebody hit me with that i went to this is why very off topic again and i'll probably close it out for this you mentioned that i went to tuscaloosa one year with the iron bowl somebody stuck one of those in my nose it's like a stranger i thought it was i thought it was crack i didn't know what had happened <laughs> It, I was like, like they did it and it happened so fast. I was like, hey, 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 hey. hey what did you just do to me? <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, I've seen people do that. I know, like, a lot of the like contact sports, like football or something. It no, and that, uh, like uh, medical side, that I see it. They, they, it's ammonia, so they use it. Like a lot of people who pass out or like they call it syncope. They just you know black out, pass out. Um, they, they give it to you to wake you back up. Because mm-hmm. it's just something about it, it just shoots your brain back awake. Your brain's probably like, "Wow, why is this going in my body?" Like, <laughs> like whoa, whoa, what's you basically got assaulted out in detail? <laughs> uh, yes. But no, man. Will, this has been awesome, bro. Uh, once again, it's about time. I appreciate you for joining us. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. You made it this far. I appreciate y'all for listening. And, and that's a wrap. So no hat. We're out, my guy. Yes, sir.